0: This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia dot I'm Terry Strux, host of Beauty Now. Today we're really lucky to have an author named Wendy Lewis who wrote the book, Plastic Makes Perfect, The Complete Cosmetic Beauty Guide. So she's going to be able to share with us all sorts of information.
1: And this goes on, and consumers are unaware. I find it absolutely shocking because, I mean, no good can come from that. I mean, these are medical treatments and should be done by a a medically trained individual. It doesn't have to be a plastic surgeon doing Botox. Most plastic surgeons I know don't have that much time in their calendar to do Botox. They may do it occasionally. Right. But they're not gonna be able to do it every day because they may be in the operating room. Especially in California where operations take five, six hours each. And on the East Coast, it's actually much faster. Now, hopefully, you don't have to use it too often, but it's good to know that it's out there just in case, particularly around the eyes. Nothing else around the eyes would be able to be broken down that quickly. So, for example, fat transfer, which is often used around the eyes, if you end up having a lump, you kind of stuck with it for a long time, and that's something patients are very concerned about. A technology developed in Italy that basically combines liposuction with a laser laser. To shrink or tighten the skin and the reviews are very controversial and very mixed a lot of doctors see it as a very heavily marketed um, touted device with mixed results um, others see it as um, a huge moneymaker for their practices but the results are, are, are somewhat underwhelming I'm not convinced that the results couldn't be achieved with other methods Welcome, Wendy. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, we're really happy to talk to you because you know a lot about everything. So we'll try to touch base on a little bit of everything today. Okay, terrific. It's a big subject, as you well know. I do well know. it, And I think what we should talk about is how do people find a consultant like you? Well, you,
1: know, you have to be a little bit careful about consultants because in my in my experience, a lot of them have their own kind of business model. It's not necessarily legitimate. So you do have to be pretty careful. Our business is very simple. We help the client. We don't work for the doctor. So we see clients from all over the world, literally. And I see clients in London, New York, Palm Beach now, and Paris as well a couple of times a year and also by phone, and people, you know, it's really interesting, Terry, because we see a lot of different types of people, men and women, and they have a lot of similar needs and very similar concerns no matter where they are, and we have a
0: lot more good doctors in the U.S., I'm happy to say, than we do have bad ones. You know, that's actually a really good point, because in a lot of my shows, I always stress how you want to find somebody who's board certified in plastic surgery to do your surgery, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of really great doctors, as well as ones that probably aren't certified or, or really, you know, the type of doctor that you want to choose to do your surgery.
1: Yeah, I mean, surgery is one thing. I mean, I think with surgery, I'm, I, I think that you probably, you and I probably share a lot of the same kind of concerns. With surgery, I think it should be a facial plastic surgeon or a plastic surgeon exclusively when it comes to surgery. Right. These are invasive surgeries and, you know, these, these are our doctors who have extensive training and have done several
0: residencies in the area, but when it comes to Botox and fillers, then I think you have a lot more leeway. Oh, definitely, and I think that's such a good point because there are so many great dermatologists out there that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that are I really... I mean, in good. Europe, we see a
1: very, very different playing field.
0: In Europe, plastic
1: surgeons pretty much only do surgery.
0: Right, and, and, they're and now they point. cater to everything. They right, now, now
1: everything. But they will bring on, like, for example, a plastic surgeon, a busy plastic surgery practice in Paris, might bring on a cosmetic doctor to do injectables and fillers
0: right and a lot of people do that here but the concern is is who's doing your injections is it a nurse or is it a doctor and do you think that matters i i think it really matters
1: depending on the individual person um, you know, I've seen great nurse injectors and I've seen bad ones too. I think that it really has to do with that person and how involved the doctor or surgeon whose name is on the door is in the practice. I think if you have, you know, just a nurse who does it once in a while and who, who, you know, does injectables when a doctor isn't on site, then you can get into trouble. Probably the worst culprits are the kind of med spa situations where there's kind of a doctor loosely affiliated.
0: Um, it isn't really on-site. Those are the areas where I would caution consumers to be much more careful. I just ran across that last week, that there is a uh, facial salon that, that touts, you know, all these injections and all this kind of stuff, and there's not even a doctor associated with it. But people that I know are going, and they ask me, and I'm like, well, have you checked out their doctors? the doctor exactly. even there? You see, that that's the problem
1: with the industry at the moment. I mean, because it's so well-publicized, I don't think people always realize the risks involved. It seems like, oh, you know, everybody does the same Botox. Everybody does the same Restylane, but that's not true at all. The treatment is completely different depending on the hands and in. Lasers are probably the worst area where there's tremendous variability And probably the biggest problems we see aside from, you know, discoloration and scarring are someone who spends thousands of dollars and gets very little results because they've been so overly hyped and marketed. You have a lot of consumer dissatisfaction out there. It's unfortunate to see.
0: You know, I'm guilty of this myself, and it's probably why I stress it, is that, you know, I went to the old photo facial, and a nurse did it, and she burned my chest, and I had scars for quite a while long time actually but i mean they finally went away but it's so true that you really do need to do your research on all that too It's idiot proof i mean
1: that that's part of the problem we see this on television it looks like oh it's so simple anybody can do it but that's not really true i mean botox is a licensed drug right so clearly you know it needs to be a healthcare professional do you know in europe we run into this all the time in the uk beauty therapists who in, in in the us would be cosmetologists can actually do injectants. And, your, and that's they could actually do injections. That is so scary. They actually do injections. And they claim it's because they're allowed to use instruments. And this goes on, and consumers are unaware. I find it absolutely shocking because, I mean, no good can come from that. I mean, these are medical treatments and should be done by, by a medically trained individual. It doesn't have to be a plastic surgeon doing Botox. Most plastic surgeons I know... Don't have that much time in their calendar to do Botox. They may do it occasionally, right. but they're not going to be able to do it every day because they may be in the operating room, especially right. in California where operations take five, six hours each. And on the
0: East Coast, it's actually much faster. That's true, I heard that. That's There's a much real difference. Faster. Don't you find? Definitely. I really agree with that. Yeah. What's your favorite filler? I'm going to ask you. What's your favorite um, filler? I guess
1: Restylane is my favorite because it's been around the longest and it has such a good track record. Mm-hmm. But there are some new ones that are getting very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing Evelyn's get approval, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're hoping for very soon. That'll, that'll be the new collagen. I like Juvederm very much. That has a lot of pickup. Now let's
0: talk about what the different applications for Juvederm versus Restylane? I don't know that there's much
1: difference. I think you can pretty much use Juvederm wherever you can use Restylane. Um, You know, it's a little bit of like the the Coke and Pepsi challenge, I think was the analogy used in New York Times, and I think that kind of sticks. Some doctors prefer Juvederm for one thing and Restylane for another, but most that I know are using a little bit of both. The difference to me is that Restylane has a little bit more swelling if you're prone to swelling. Uh Um, It's hard to say. I think some people may find it lasts longer in them, but it's going to be fairly individual. They're very comparable treatments. The other HAs that are on the market, the hyaluronic acids, don't really measure up yet. Those are kind of the two market leaders, at least in my view, Mm -hmm. and definitely so in Europe as well. The other products that are in the market in a big way are radius, which many people really like.
0: The radius um, is more uh, permanent, right? It, it lasts for a little years. longer
1: term. Exactly. It's calcium hydroxyl apatite. It gets injected in a slightly different way. It kind of looks like toothpaste. Whereas the hyaluronic acids are clear gels, radius is a white, pasty kind of substance. And it's particularly good for the nasolabial folds, the nose to mouth folds, and also in the corners of the mouth. It's a niche product. It's not going to be used for lips, but it's also good for contours like cheeks. Very, very much used in the nose, like little defects in the nose.
0: And so we pretty much like Restylane for lips, right?
1: Restylane is probably the, the leader for
0: lips, yes, at the moment. So Restylane for lips, mm-hmm. radius for around your nose for Pre- our listeners. Right. And then what do you like for around the eyes? That's a very difficult. Around
1: the eyes, that's a tough one. I mean, Restylane is probably used the most. Juvederm is used around the eyes as well. That is such a tricky area to inject, but we're seeing amazing results. But for that, I am so careful as to who I send people to. Because you can have a lot of problems. And unless you have really lumps around the eyes. Right? Lumps
0: around the eyes. Lumps around the
1: eyes. Um, The good news with hyaluronic acid is that if you have a lump, and it can happen, if it's injected too superficially, or if you have really thin skin, and some people do, and you get that kind of bluing effect, at least we know that there is an antidote for it. The doctor can use an injection of an enzyme that can break down the hyaluronic acid so at least you're not stuck with the lumps for long term. I mean, oh, you tell oh. us about
0: that. I've not well, really heard about that one.
1: Um, if you have, for any injection with hyaluronic acid, even if you have a lump in a lip or a, a little bit of a, a blueing in the nasolabial fold, which can happen when it's injected very superficially or with really translucent skin, there is an enzyme called hyaluronidase that can be injected to break down the hyaluronic acid quickly. So you're not stuck with the lump until the filler breaks down, which could be six or nine months. Now, hopefully you don't have to use it too often, but it's good to know that it's out there just in case, particularly around the eyes. Nothing else around the eyes would be able to be broken down that quickly. So, for example, fat transfer, which is often used around the eyes, if you end up having a lump, you kind of stuck with it for a long time, and that's something patients are very concerned about.
0: Fat doesn't really last that long, does it? Fat Right. Well, it depends on who does it and how
1: it's done. I mean, there are some doctors who do it where it is permanent. Um, I I consider it a long-term volume filler. I don't think it's great for the average person who just wants a line or a lip injected because it's very traumatic, and it's a two-step procedure. You have to get the fat from somewhere and then inject it, and it's very variable. For someone who's having liposuction, who wants to have something on their face injected at the same time, since the fat is already being harvested, that's actually a good use for it.
0: That sounds really good to me. Go to sleep. Have them take your fat out and then put it in your face.
1: Yeah, what woman doesn't want that? Or in the
0: breast right
1: now. Right now we're seeing a real resurgence in fat injections into the breast
0: Let's, this talk about about this. Let's talk about the topic. Let's talk about the
1: topic. Yeah, this is very controversial. But have you heard about it in California? I have heard about is it, but I've
0: heard it doesn't really last. You don't think that's true? Um, it
1: depends. Again, it's very technique dependent. Um, a lot of doctors are using it with reconstruction, and I mean, I've heard really credible plastic surgeons speak about the long-term effects and their feelings about, about safety being quite excellent. So I think it's really something to watch.
0: It's so, really your own fat, so that's actually it's your good own taste.
1: fat. I mean, think about the woman who's undergoing mastectomy or lumpectomy, and the idea of being able to have reconstruction using her own fat can be quite appealing. That sounds I think really might see more of that. Fat is also very rich in stem cells, so there can be some quality given to the skin and some more radiance and a richer blood supply. A lot of doctors are looking at this now very closely. I think we're going to hear a lot more about it. Interesting stuff. You know, that's really the future. Um, autologous tissue is something that science is working on and I think the public is very interested in.
0: What's your favorite skincare product?
1: Oh, that's a tough question. I know it is. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: oh, that's a really tough one.
1: I have to say, it's hard to answer one. I, I use a retinoid every day of my life, one form or another. Either it's Renova, Retin-A. Um, I also love the Rock Retinol products, and I'm a big TNS fan. The TNS Recovery Complex.
0: I love that, Do You know it? I love it, yeah. I do, and I love Retin-A. I think well, retinoid's a great product. Great
1: product. You know, if your skin can tolerate it, and today there's some form that every skin can tolerate, I like to see my client on it at least a couple of times a week, even for really sensitive skin. Because, you know, we've got the data. We know the science. We know that this is going to help your skin. Um, everything else, you know, a lot of things are just a good moisturizer. Right. But there are some good products out there now. It's good you? to alternate, don't you think? Definitely. I love Definitely. the retinoid. I use much less of the retinoid in the summertime. I mean, of course, where where you are, it's beautiful and sunny every day, but it isn't where I am in the West Coast. So I don't use a lot of Retin-A in the summer, but I'll use it in the wintertime, and I'll use a heavier moisturizer. You've got to switch off a little bit. Right. So
0: what do you uh, recommend for the summer?
1: For the summer, I would use a much lighter version. I, you know, I use I use an SPF 50. I use Anthelios because I don't want to get any sun. I have very fair skin, and I don't. The sun doesn't like me anyway. Um, and I spent too much money having these brown spots lasered off to ruin it by going out in the sun. So I what's, won't use a retinoid in the summertime at all. What's your favorite laser? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that I have one. My my the last treatment I had was Laser Genesis by Keterra, mm-hmm. which I thought was really effective for the red. Diffuse redness and, you know, the little fine um, telangiectasia you get around the nose, and that was really good. I've had Fraxel in the past, which was not pleasant. It uh, does
0: hurt, but I have it had It does some hurt. Have you had Fraxel. it? I recommend getting a friend to drive you, have a drink, and yep. have some fun, because uh, I, I, I love PO Fraxel for age-reversing yeah, sun damage.
1: You know, I think it's great for sun damage. I think it's really good for melasma or blotches or discoloration. It does, yes. But, you know, I think your doctor needs to tell you that. Right. That it does hurt and there is some downtime. Now, I'm hearing yeah. amazing things about Fraxel
0: Repair. The new Fraxel Repair is amazing. Yeah. I have friends that have done it and they look amazing. But it is downtime, isn't it? It's about 10 days downtime. Yeah, and I don't think they always tell you that. No, I think they should tell you that, but you know, some people are different, and, and that's what I would say to our listeners is that the, I think the fairer people do better, less downtime. I don't know. Like if you tend to do well with a lighter laser, but then, um, I have friends that have, you know, been out better in three days, but I have friends that are down for ten days, so you never know.
1: Yeah, I think that if you're going to schedule this, you should plan on somewhere
0: in the seven to ten day range. Definitely. So at least you can plan your life around it. Especially if you're working. And we're going to need to take a quick break. to Thank our sponsors. And we're talking with Wendy Lewis, our nice coach.
2: Hey, this is Sean Daly, host of Green Talk Radio. Green Talk helps you navigate the maze of green and eco products on the market today and make smarter lifestyle choices at home and at work through informative and entertaining interviews with industry authors and experts, as well as executives from innovative companies around the world. Find Green Talk Radio on iTunes or at personallifemedia.com. Green Talk Radio environmental stewardship through smart consumption green talk radio
0: hi this is terry struck with beauty now and we were just talking with wendy lewis the nice coach welcome back wendy thank you terry We were just talking about lasers, favorite lasers. I think lasers actually are such a godsend for our skin, but we have to be very, very careful. Yep. So
1: careful, and I think you have to choose wisely. You know, most of these devices work well, but not every device is right for every patient. So, you know, the two biggest decisions I find, first of all, is you've got to pick a doctor who's qualified to do this treatment and knows what he's doing. Um, And in most cases, I mean, it can be a plastic surgeon, it can be a dermatologist, it can be a facial plastic surgeon, but it has to be someone who has more than one laser. Don't you agree? I agree. Right. The kind of clinic you walk into and they've got one laser this week and another laser that week, well, that probably is because they rent them and they don't really have any vested interest in using these devices. Right. You want someone who's got a bunch of lasers. They don't have to have 30 lasers, but they've got to have more than one because there's no one laser that's right for every patient. That's one way to weed out people. And so we're really going to talk
0: about investment conditions too. like yeah. No. Then, just saying right, like Exactly. So,
1: you know, I, I try to break things down in very simple lay terms. Brown, red. And then there's, you know, acne scars and skin tightening and the other, the other, the other ones. But the basic ones are going to be brown and red. And some lasers work better for one or the other. I was saying I had a laser genesis by Qtera for, for red veins, which works great. For the brown, I think Fraxel is definitely one of the best on the market. But there are others, other than just Fraxel, there are many fractionated lasers out there on the market that work nicely for that area. If you want something deeper for skin tightening, The Fraxel repair seems to offer some some good skin tightening results. At least that's what I'm hearing from my doctor friends that are using it. But that's a big ticket treatment. I don't know what it is in Newport Beach, but I'm sure it's a lot like New York. It is. Uh, You have to save up. Here it's like five thousand dollars. Right. Right.
0: I don't think it's five. I think it's like three here.
1: Oh, that's better. I'm here at yeah. 5 in New York, so that's, that's, that's better right away. But it's really
0: new, so if people wait till next year, the price will come down.
1: Yep, that's a good point. And not only that, we'll also work out all the kinks, and we'll have more doctors who are familiar with the
0: technology, but that's a real downtime procedure. That's a lot. And that's really important, again, is just to make mm-hmm. sure when you're getting laser to your face, you don't want to go with some doctor that's not really experienced in laser.
1: And also someone who has experience with that laser. So as you said... It's a brand-new laser. It's right out of the box. So there aren't that many doctors who are doing a lot of them yet. So you right. don't want to be the first one on your block. You do want to wait a bit. Although Fraxel is a good technology, and it's been around for a while, and so the company it definitely has a vested interest
0: in being in this area. It's a really expensive machine, too, to buy. ouch,
1: isn't it? It's it is.
0: Expensive. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, those costs get, get passed on to the consumer.
0: Right, but I think that it's worth it. But I think also the doctors that are buying it must have several lasers or be able to afford it, which is a good sign. Right. Like, the the,
1: you know, if you've never done laser before, you're certainly not going to start by doing a Fraxel repair. (laughs) You know, if you're looking for a laser company, you want to go with a company that's been around for a while, that has... Um, people on board and management team that has experience in the laser world that does their own R&D, research and development, not just a distributor that's selling a bunch of different lasers, but someone who actually has a vested interest in making these technologies the best they can be and has the support for the doctor. I think that consumers are going to get better results from those companies, and there are a lot of them out there now. And what about Velasmooth, the cellulite lasers? Yeah, the cellulite. The cellulite is not my favorite subject. I'm sure it's more of a factor in Newport Beach than it is where I am. Or <laughs> well, you're yep. lucky. You know, um, in New York City, you know, most women, but by the course of a certain age, kind of make come to terms with their cellulite. It's something most of us have. As you get older, it gets worse. I find that cellulite is much more a younger woman's issue, and certainly someone who has a beachy kind of lifestyle where you're living in a bathing suit. Um, it's just such a tough nut to crack, and these devices, I think, are very disappointing in the long term. I mean, probably the biggest one now is VelaShape, Right. which is from Cineron. But, okay. you know, I hear very mixed reviews from doctors and patients, and it's a big commitment. It's multiple treatments. It's not
0: inexpensive. Right. It doesn't always get the job done. I personally it like it, but I have to say that, you know to our listeners if you're not going to drink your water and walk yep. or do any exercise don't bother
1: right because i mean
0: i find when i you drink my water time. and i do my exercise it really really works but if it if you don't then it's right back
1: that's just it, and you've invested all this time, and there's no residual effect. I mean, for me, no. it's good for someone who's going on a beach holiday. It's great for a bride, you know, going to Aruba on a, on a honeymoon, you know, who just wants to get her body in as good a shape as she can short-term and will feel good putting on a bikini. That's fine. But long-term, it's a lot to, to keep up with. I mean, I good remember advice. the old LPG days.
0: That's really good advice because it is very tough. It's expensive. And it, it's something you have to keep no, up with. it's
1: not liposuction either. I think a lot of women mistakenly go in for liposuction and think that that's a cure for cellulite, and of course it isn't. No, it's it isn't. It's a cure for fat reduction, but it's not, it's not really a cure. But it's a treatment for fat reduction, but not for cellulite. Dimples are going to be there. And with the aging process, as the dermis breaks down... you're you're unfortunately going to see more of them. And with with every baby and all the hormonal fluctuations and certainly with menopause, it's out there. I think you you end up spinning your wheels at some point and spending an awful lot of money fighting cellulite that could be used in other ways, especially in in the current economy where, you know, you might want to see more visible results from things. It wouldn't be my first choice of treatments to recommend for people. Let's talk about um liposuction. Yeah, Let's I was going to talk ask about you. that, you know. Is Smart
0: Lipo huge in your area. You know, Smart Lipo actually is still kind of, you know, they're not really sure about it. A lot of those Smart Lipo places are going under. So I want wow. to know what do you know about Smart Lipo? Smart
1: Lipo is a technology developed in Italy that basically combines liposuction with a laser to shrink or tighten the skin. And the reviews are very controversial and very mixed. A lot of doctors see it as a very heavily marketed, um, touted device with m- mixed results. Um, others see it as um, a huge moneymaker for their practices, but the results are, are, are somewhat underwhelming. I'm not convinced that the results couldn't
0: be achieved with other methods. And that's what I want to tell our listeners about. I mean, that's the thing. We're not here to, to make all the surgeons profit. We want right. to find out what, what really works. works. Although I, now, know, maybe I mean, if I, if I had a client
1: today who wanted to have liposuction, smart lipo would not be my first choice unless it was someone who had very small fat deposits. The area that I personally think it works the best in where I've seen the best results is the chin area because the laser is doing something to tighten up the skin in that area. So I think that's a particularly good use for it. I'm not convinced that it has any tremendous benefits over the methods we already see out there, like VASER or just traditional liposuction with tumescent anesthetic for body body areas. I don't think it's that much better, if at all. But I can tell you that in New York, it is a huge thing, and a lot of my doctors are doing, and a lot of patients call me and ask about it, and where can I go to have this done? And even if I go through the details of it and suggest another method, they've read about this, and that's what they want.
0: So proceed at your own risk. That's it. The warning is... Go at your own risk and then compare, 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 compare. Right. And if you go to one doctor
1: who is only doing smart lipo and isn't doing vaser or any other liposuction technique, then, of course, he's going to recommend smart lipo to you. So it's better to go have a proper consultation with a plastic surgeon who is doing traditional liposuction and see if you can get a better result from that. Because at the end of the day, smart lipo is not really a discounted procedure. No, it was very expensive. Right, It's expensive. So you're spending the money already, and to not get a result. You know, in the U.K., there are bulletin boards that say that 20% of patients get no results at all, and I've never heard anything like that from liposuction. Have you, Terry? Well,
0: I haven't, but what I have seen is that if you get liposuction as a cure for weight loss, and then you continue to eat your Cheetos and pizza and sit on your bed, then you're You're going to gain it back, and that's sad, because you spend a lot of money to get lipo and to look better. It does work, but then... You've got to keep it up. No, you've got to do your part. Liposuction is not a panacea, but, boy, you see a woman
1: who has saddlebags, right? The Amazing. typical violin deformity or really bulges on her outer thigh. That's genetic. Her mom has them. Her grandmother has them. And even if she's in great shape and she works, she you know goes to the gym, she does her own thing, that's a really tough area to get rid of, and what a difference liposuction What a difference right? that is.
0: I've seen so many patients with the right? huge I mean, difference, and are can great you know, candidates.
1: Right. They can wear low-cut jeans again. They fit into a pencil skirt. They look better, and, and they're just so delighted with it. Liposuction is just one of those home-run procedures when it's done in the right hands. Unfortunately, right. When it's not done in the right hands, you know you end up with you know your your face on the cover of US News and World Report uh, for having had some horrible complication during surgery god forbid and unfortunately we do see this and the complications are Complications are, you know, fluid overload, um, in worst case scenario, death. We've seen sepsis, which is a perforation and um, that results in, a, in a, um, a, could be a staph infection. I mean, so these are serious complications if you go to someone who isn't qualified or gets over-aggressive, and a lot of the problems tend to be from large volume liposuction. Right, and then you can see waves in the skin, which are oh, really yeah. hard to ripples correct. ripples are a lot. Ripples are a big one. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with bad patient selection, a patient who really isn't a candidate for liposuction who needs skin surgery. Most of us would much prefer to have the quick fix. But, you know, if you're older or you've, if you've had a lot of weight loss or multiple babies and you've got really loose skin, liposuction might not do
0: you any good. In fact, it may make you look worse. So you're, you just brought up another really great point mm-hmm. is that the loose skin for the tummy is not necessarily a liposuction fix. It's a fix, right? Liposuction is about fat removal. It's not about skin.
1: And the better results you get is going to be because you have better skin quality. So if you're starting out with poor skin tone to begin with, you might not be the best candidate for liposuction. And the worst areas for this that we see where patients are really unhappy, I think, are inner thighs and the upper arms. If that skin is flaccid already, if it's hanging and it's not taut and it doesn't have good skin tone or it's really sun-damaged,
0: you're probably not the best candidate for liposuction, and it behooves the doctor to tell you that. But do you think that if we do push-ups and weights and weight train and build muscles up, that we would get better results? Of course, but past a certain point,
1: gravity is going to factor into this. I mean, do you know many women Madonna's age who have arms like that? I don't know any. I, mean, I know I one. I know the one. Best
0: looking arms and I'm going mean. to. I know one, and her name is Jay Williams, and she lives in Kona, and she's a trainer, and she's amazing. She's almost six exactly, days. but and she, she works at it.
1: You don't have arms like that by accident. that, that is absolute a sign of hard work and perseverance. Right. So we just have to do a little work. And a yeah, little a lot of action. work. <laughs> Upper arms are a tough area. Um,
2: Upper you know, arms are really a so big
1: concern. with it, right? What else can women do for their arms? Up, uh, not much weight. Weights. I think weight training and aerobic. I mean, even aerobics won't help that much. I mean, runners, even runners who have no body fat
0: mm-hmm. and
1: still have some, you know, sort of crinklies under the arm, and they hate it.
0: No, I've seen even, really even thin women arms arms and no fat with really thin women with big arms. Right, real yeah. thin women with a little bit of crepiness. You know,
1: I mean, there was a time when they were trying to market thermage and some of the skin tightening devices for that. I personally have never seen fabulous results from that, but for those women, even a few millimeters of tightening may make a difference for them. No, And that's an expensive treatment too, and I've heard the same. Expensive and un-
0: uncomfortable, yeah. So we have I- to do our research. Yeah, but I can't believe we're running out of time already. We're going to have to have you back for part two. So we, Anytime, Terry. It would be my pleasure. Tell my listeners we're going to have Wendy Lewis back for part two, and you can go to personallifemedia.com, and we're going to link Wendy Lewis's book, Plastic Makes Perfect, The Complete Cosmetic Beauty Guide, and she has so much information in this book, everything you ever wanted to know about plastic surgery and more. And thank you so much for talking with us I'm today.
1: Thank you, Terry. Feel, be well. Bye-bye. Thank you
0: so much. And if you guys want to contact me please contact me at n-o-w-b-e-a-u-t-y now beauty at aol with show ideas questions concerns and we're going to link you up at personal dot with wendy lewis and her book and we're going to have her back thanks again
2: i saw you shopping at the north star mall i hardly recognize you at all it wasn't till i heard you say hello different than you did in 91 a total transformation come on admit it you had a little work done had a little work done holy cow it don't matter wow look at you now how'd you like to get together for some fun i kind of like it since you had a little work done We were drunken with kids And I pretended that you didn't exist You were a cute thing but you couldn't be The trophy girl, I want hanging with me You've gone from plain white bread To a honey bun I think I'd like to have a taste now With you you're delicious since you had a little work done Had a little work done, holy small, I noticed you, a damn near joke. Think that we should get together for some fun I think I want you now You had a little work done 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 had All around the town In your red convertible With the top down I heard the beauty Is only skin deep They call me shallow Cause you're looking Mighty sweet I never found a sight before But you wouldn't be the one now you're in my Night and daydream You're sure amazing Since you had a little work done Since you had a little work done, had a little had a little work done, had a little work done, had a little, had a little work done, had a little, had a little work done.